Let us now read together from our confessions, first from the Belgic Confession, Article 18, it's on page 507 of your Book of Praise. It has the heading, The Incarnation of the Son of God. And then after that, we will read from Lord's Day 14 of the Heidelberg Catechism. So Article 18, here we confess, and we find a summary of God's word as follows. We confess, therefore, that God has fulfilled the promise he made to the fathers by the mouth of his holy apostles when... At the time appointed by him, he sent into the world his own only begotten and eternal son, who took the form of a servant and was born in the likeness of men. Philippians 2 for 7. He truly assumed a real human nature with all its infirmities, without sin, for he was conceived in the womb of the blessed Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit and not by the act of a man. He not only assumed human nature as to the body, but also a true human soul, in order that he might be a real man. For since the soul was lost as well as the body, it was necessary that he should assume both to save both. Contrary to the heresy of the Anabaptists, who deny that Christ assumed human flesh of his mother, we therefore confess that Christ partook of the flesh and blood of the children. Hebrews 2 verse 14. He is a descendant of David. Acts 2 verse 30. Born of David according to his human nature. Romans 1 verse 3 of the womb of the Virgin Mary, Luke 1, verse 42, born of woman, Galatians 4, verse 4, a branch of David, Jeremiah 33, verse 15, a shoot from the stump of Jesse, Isaiah 11, verse 1, descended from Judah, Hebrews 7, verse 14, descended from the Jews according to the flesh, Romans 9, verse 5, of the seed of Abraham, Galatians 3, verse 16, since the Son, was concerned with the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, yet without sin. Hebrews 2, verse 16, 17, and Hebrews 4, verse 15. In this way, he is in truth our Emmanuel, that is, God with us. Matthew 1, verse 23. And now then, we will... Read together from Lord's Day 14 of the Heidelberg Catechism, which is the confession from which we will preach this morning. There we find also a summary of God's word concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you confess when you say he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary? The eternal Son of God, who is and remains true and eternal God, 
took upon himself true human nature from the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary through the working of the Holy Spirit. Thus he is also the true seed of David, and like his brothers in every respect, yet without sin. What benefit do you receive from the holy conception and birth of Christ? He is our mediator, and with his innocence and perfect holiness covers in the sight of God my sin, in which I was conceived and born. After the sermon, we will sing again from Psalm 139 and then the stanzas 1 and 13. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, birthdays are important. Most people look forward to their birthday, especially when you are a child or even when you're a teenager. Isn't that true, boys and girls? Your birthday is an exciting day, isn't it? For your birthday is a special day. When I was younger, I remember my mother always allowing me to pick my favorite meal. And she would also decorate my chair with a beautiful bow on it and other decorations. And I would get presents from my friends and relatives at a birthday party. Do you also have a birthday party every year? That's fun, isn't it? You like your birthdays, don't you? Well, you're not the only ones. We all do. Seniors, especially. They want to be able to celebrate their special day as well, especially elderly widows and widowers who are often lonely and who have much time on their hands. But why do we even celebrate our birthday? What is it really all about? What is so important about it? Believe it or not, not everybody likes to celebrate their birthday. Think about Job. He cursed the day of his birth. And also think about Jeremiah and Elijah. At one point in their life, they were so full of pain and sorrow that they no longer wanted to have another birthday. They no longer wanted to live. There are also millions of people and children all over the world who cannot even celebrate their birthday. That's because some of them don't even know when they were born exactly. For they were born to parents who are not able to look after them and who abandoned them as babies. Others who do know the date of their birth are so poor and so hungry all the time that all they can do is spend all day trying to scrape some food together so that they can remain alive. They have nothing to celebrate with. Life here on earth is not always desirable, and therefore celebration of life is only relative. It depends on the situation that you find yourself in. And now you may wonder why I go on about birthdays. What has that got to do with anything? What has that got to do with this Lord's Day? Well, this Lord's Day also speaks about a birthday. A very 
important birthday. It speaks to us about the birthday of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. And if it wasn't for the birthday of the Lord Jesus Christ, that none of us would be able to have a birthday. Did you know that, boys and girls? Do you know how important the Lord Jesus is in your life? It is only because of the Lord Jesus Christ that you can have life and that you can have everything that belongs to life. It is because of him that you can have food and drink and all those nice things that you can have on your birthday and all those nice things that you can have every day of the whole year. And it is only because of the Lord Jesus Christ that even those who have nothing and even those who live in pain all the time that there is hope for their future. For if you believe in him, in the Lord Jesus, then you can have life, eternal life even. And so this morning we will see that because of Christ's birth, we may celebrate our own birth. That's also the theme for this morning's sermon. We will see that we may celebrate in the first place in spite of who we are, in the second place in spite of what we do, and in the third place in spite of what happens to us. Why do we enjoy receiving the attention at the time of our birthday? Or why do we crave attention at all? Why is it that we need to be made to feel special and appreciated? Did you ever think about that? It's true that some people crave recognition a lot more than others. They will go to great lengths to draw attention to themselves. Some even go to the extreme that they color their hair orange or pink or yellow, or they put hardware in their noses and their ears and they have tattoos all over their body. And others draw attention to themselves by telling everybody how tough they have it and how many aches and pains they have to suffer. And again, others need to have a big and expensive car or a beautiful big house in order to validate themselves, in order to draw attention to themselves, or a lot of money so that other people can be dependent on them and so that they can stand out above the rest. And so I can go on and on and talk about the way that people like to advertise the fact that they exist and that they are important and that they are worth something. People sometimes do outrageous things just in order to show that. Most of us, of course, are not that obvious about it, are we? But we all have to admit that in one way or the other, we want to be valued, appreciated. That's obvious for many things. If the one child is treated better than another, then that one child will become upset. Same thing is true when you're older. If, for example, someone at work 
who does the same job as you do, gets paid more than you do, then you get upset too. And not necessarily because you want the money, but because you want the recognition. How come my coworker who does the same job is valued more than me? It's understandable that we feel devalued then. We don't want to be made to feel as being less worthy than others. But why are we all like that? Because we are, aren't we? What's behind it all? Well, behind it all is the feeling that we all have, namely that somehow we don't think deep down that we are worthy enough. We all suffer from insecurity. The one more than the other, but we all have a sense of insecurity about us, and therefore we cry out to be noticed. Look, I'm here. I exist. We need to have our existence validated. Why is that? Well, that is because there is something seriously wrong with us. And somehow we know that. And basically everybody in the world knows that. Also unbelievers who never read the Bible. No one ever feels complete and fulfilled. That is a basic human condition. Everyone always feels that there is something missing. Even the richest person in the world who has everything that you could think his heart desires still has that gnawing feeling in the back of his head that somehow he still does not measure up. And so people find all kinds of ways to validate themselves. And as Christians, we're not that much different because that's our sinful condition. The Catechism reminds us of that in connection with the birth of Christ. Answer 36 speaks there about my sin in which I was conceived and born. The fall into sin had great consequences for our psychological well-being. It affected both body and soul. We realize now how vulnerable we are and that we are at the mercy of others. And we want to protect our lives, and we want to protect our reputations. And if somehow, somehow we seem to lose control of that, then we can become angry or depressed. Become depressed when we feel that someone is trying to harm us. When someone is trying to push us aside, when someone tries to devalue us. How depressed David was, for example, when they slandered his name. He says in Psalm 55, verse 2, my thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught. And prior to that, he stated that he wants to flee from everybody and that he wants to find a place in the desert so that he can be by himself. He wants to be away from people. Why? Because they were insulting him. 
And it wasn't just any enemy, he says. It was a close friend, someone with whom he walked among the throng at the house of God. In other words, it was a fellow church member. And David expresses the same kind of thing in Psalm 22. He says in verse 7, All who see me mock me, and they hurl insults, shaking their heads. They were ridiculing him. They were taunting him. They were trying to make him feel as low as possible. And to some extent, they succeeded. For look at what effect that had on David. It is very telling how he sees himself because of this. He says in verse 6 of that same psalm, But I am a worm, and not a man, scorned by men, and despised by the people. Doesn't that sound familiar? Don't you sometimes feel like a worm? I know sometimes I do. Like a nobody. Some people have that more than others. But it is a feeling that we all have at one time or another, don't we? Some people are better than at hiding it than others. But we look at our own lives and often we think of ourselves as being a failure or even a fraud, as someone who presents him or herself as something different than you really are. In your heart, you know what a failure you really are. And we don't like that feeling, do we? And therefore, you need to be built up. And you need to be validated in one way or the other. And so how do you deal with that? How do you deal with your own feelings of worthlessness, which people around you love to exploit? Well, we know how an unbeliever deals with it. They tell you not to worry about what other people think. They also tell you to lower your standards so that you don't need to feel guilty. They do away with the rules, the community standards, as much as they can. If you want to be happy, they tell you, follow your heart. Don't feel guilty when you lead a, what the Christians call, a sinful lifestyle. You want to have premarital sex? Don't feel guilty. Do you want to blow your mind with light drugs, marijuana, and stuff like that. Oh, that's okay. Do you want to come out of the closet and declare yourself a homosexual? Well, that's okay, too. Do you want to gamble your money away at a casino? What's wrong with that? It's your money. The general idea is that as long as the harm that you do to others in society is not too noticeable, and, that, and then you can do whatever you want. Don't have pangs of conscience because then you get feelings of guilt and then you become depressed. As Christians, of course, we don't quite agree with that, do we? We know that we have to keep God's commandments and that if we don't, that then we are guilty. And so we feel constrained by God's laws. Perhaps this saddens you. If only I could be as free as the people of the world I'd be a lot happier. And so what do we do? Well, we try to find ways around it. We try to ignore our sins, for example. 
and we try to highlight the good things that we do. And we put up a pious front in front of others. And we think that our faults are not as great as they really are, but none of those efforts really help you, do they? You still have that gnawing feeling of worthlessness inside of you. But now think about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about who the Lord Jesus really is and what he stands for. Think about why he was born. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ was and still is the eternal Son of God. When we speak about the eternity of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have to realize that his eternity was without beginning and without an end. Through faith, we too can have eternal life, but our lives have a beginning. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he always existed. His life has no beginning and no end. Why then celebrate his birth, you may wonder. Well, you see that eternal Son of God, who always existed with his Father in heaven, came down to earth to be born in the form of a human being. He didn't need to be born. He already existed. He was always there. He is the almighty God who created all things. He was totally complete in himself. There was never a time that he did not exist. But he took on our flesh for our sakes, for you, for me. At the time when he still had his eternity with him, which he always has with him, because he's also God. But he became a man. And he became a man, he became a human being for you, for me. His birthday came about for our sakes, and that was a wonderful and great act of love. Unlike us, he actually chose to be born. He wanted to be like us, and he took on all the infirmities, all the weaknesses of our flesh. What an enormous sacrifice, what an enormous gift. Catechism wonderfully describes the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it is very precise and succinct. It gives us all the important elements in a few sentences. It first tells us that he is and remains eternal God, and that he took upon himself true human nature. The Son of God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of life, became like us. He took us, he took on our human nature through the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary. Some people have difficulty speaking about the dogma or the doctrine of the church. Dogma has become a dirty word in this world. And we take some of that thinking over sometimes, don't we? 
And that's why we don't like it either when we speak out against other people who think differently from us, who have a different dogma. They don't want, especially other Christians, to be declared as being heretics or wrong even. And of course, we have to be very careful in the way that we speak about others and the beliefs that they hold, that we don't do it in a wrong fashion, that we don't do it with an air of superiority, especially when it comes to the birth of Christ and what that means. For let's take a look at what it says in Article 18 of the Belgian Confession. It says there that contrary to the heresy of the Anabaptists, who deny that Christ assumed human flesh of his mother, we therefore confess that Christ partook of the flesh and blood of the children. And then it goes on to prove from the scripture that Jesus Christ was actually a human being. For he says, shoot from the stump of Jesse, descended from the Jews according to the flesh, etc. In other words, they really want to stress that he is a real human being. That's a very important dogma teaching. For you see, brothers and sisters, that was the purpose of the birth of Christ. To take on our flesh, your flesh, my flesh, so that he can redeem your flesh, my flesh. If you don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was both man and God at the same time, then your birthdays would mean nothing at all. And then all they do is mark the one year to the next and your physical and your progression to physical death here on this present earth. Then all your birthdays do is to remind you that each year you're getting older and therefore closer to your death. Then each birthday serves to remind you that your days are numbered here on this earth. And that's depressing, isn't it? It is, if that's all it means. However, because of the birth of Christ, our birthdays are really something to remember. Really something to celebrate. But important as it is, the catechism doesn't just speak about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it speaks in the second question and answer of that Lord's Day about the benefit of the birth of Christ. And what is the benefit? The benefit is that he is our mediator and that he covers in the sight of God my sin in which I was born. If he had not been born, he could not be our mediator. And if he is not our mediator, then we stand condemned before God because of our sins, because of our worthlessness, our innate worthlessness. But because he is our brother in the flesh, he makes us share in his riches. He makes us worthy. It's all because of him. It's all because of his birth. And only because of his birth are 
our lives significance. But please note that the Lord Jesus Christ did not just take on our flesh and blood, as the Catechism correctly points out, but as Article 18 of the Belgian Confession reminds us, he also took on a true human soul. For as it says further in that article, it was necessary that he should assume both to save both. Both body and soul needed to be saved. What is a soul? A soul is our breath. It is our spiritual breath. It is our life with God. It is our inner being. It is through our soul that we are connected with God. And because of sin, that connection with God had been broken. And it is for that reason that we are always trying to validate ourselves. And now the Lord Jesus Christ was born so that he could redeem our body and our soul. So that you and I can find our validation through him. What a reason to celebrate. Only a believer, only a Christian can truly celebrate his birthday. For only his life has meaning. Paul at one time said in his letter to the Philippians, I desire to, be, to depart and be with Christ. Why did he say that? Paul was in pain. He had suffered much. He had found himself in some very difficult and evil circumstances. They stoned him. They ridiculed him. They threw him into prison. He, not, he suffered in numerous ways. Paul was tired of life. And when he wrote this letter to the Philippians, he was in jail. But what does he say to the Philippians? He tells them that he is content, that he is happy, that he rejoices. Throughout his letter to the Philippians, he speaks of the great joy that he may have. What is his secret? Well, he says in chapter 4, verse 12, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, whether living in plenty, or in what. And then he says elsewhere, for me to live is Christ. That's the secret. The secret is Christ. And so even when you're lonely and depressed, even when you feel worthless, even when you get tired of life, you don't feel like celebrating another birthday, then remember the birth of Christ for you. He came to earth to give meaning to your life, to my life, to make our lives worthwhile so that we do not have to depend on our own accomplishments, so that we do not need to stand out unnecessarily. And you can also celebrate when you have plenty, when things are going well, when you're healthy. But then you have to remember that you have these things not because you acquired them for yourselves, but that you can celebrate these things only because of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your birthdays have meaning only because of his birthday. 
also you, boys and girls. You can celebrate that you are alive because of him. And that's his doing. It's because he loves you. Amen.